So Psalm 103 is where we're going to be tonight. If you want to go ahead and grab a Bible and turn there, if you have one, go ahead and do that. We'll also put the, the scriptures on the screen. But if you don't have a Bible of your very own, we have Bibles in the, the pews here. And so you can grab one of those and you can uh, look along with us tonight. And if you don't have one at home, take that one home and we'd be glad for you to have that and, and bring it home with you and have one of your very own. Um, we've been in the Psalms all summer long. Um, there are 150 of these poems or songs that are all breathed out by God, holy scriptures, written by real people uh, with just real raw emotion uh, throughout them. And so we can learn from God and we can really kind of resonate with the people in their emotion and their, um, their dealings with the Lord through this. And so last summer we were in the Proverbs, this summer uh, it's been the Psalms. Last summer the Proverbs kind of deal um, horizontally, and the, the Psalms kind of deal vertically between us and the Lord. And so it's just been some really good stuff. It's been really a great time. We'll close out the, the series next week. Um, and so it's been, a, it's been a good time. And again, next week will be our last evening gathering, and then we'll move into uh, morning at 10 a.m. So let's pray, ask God to bless our, our time, and to focus our hearts in on his word if we can. So let's pray. Father, we uh, take a moment. We quiet our hearts before you. Lord, we thank you for your scriptures, that we have something of substance to talk about tonight, to learn from, that we don't have one man's opinion, but we have God's spoken and, and given word. So thank you for that, Lord. God, as we, uh, we look at your word tonight, God, I pray um, like Psalm 57, that you would awaken our souls. God, do your work in our hearts tonight. We commit it to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Psalm 103, let's start in verses 1 and 2 if we can. Psalm 103, 1 and 2, here's what it says. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Um, Man, love this psalm. It's going to be a really good uh, time together tonight. This is a song of praise to the Lord about his goodness to his people. It's one of those psalms that is just, some of you are very familiar with those first couple of lines in the psalm. It's been sung for ages by God's people. And notice that very first line, Bless the Lord, O my soul. If you've been around our church for the past few months, Uh, This phrase is probably very familiar either because of this passage of scripture or because it's a song that we sing often now. Uh, It recently has been made popular, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. And one thing we love to do here as a church is we love to sing scripture. And there's something about when we sing scripture that just helps implant it deeper into our hearts. And so we love singing scripture here as a church. But if we're not careful, we can be singing and not really even know what it is that we're, we're singing. You know what I mean? We can sing things and then you kind of click, I don't even know what I'm singing. What does that even mean to raise my Ebenezer? I have no clue, right? And so we'll sing things and not even know what we sing uh, at times. I was, uh, I was thinking back to this, uh, the old show. You remember the, the show Friends, of course. Some of you guys are big fanatics of the show Friends. And there was this one episode where the ditzy blonde named Phoebe um, they were, they were kind of sitting around together and they said, you know, what's your favorite romance song? And she says, I really like that song that Elton John wrote for the guy from Who's the Boss? 
And they sat and they're like, what are you talking about? And she says, she says, you know, hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> I love that. It's awesome. Tiny dancer. You'll get that tomorrow at work, right? So, <laughs> so sometimes we don't understand what we're singing. You know what I mean? We just kind of sing it because the words, and then you throw a British accent in there, and we're just all uh, messed up. So every now and again, what I'll do with my kids is I'll, I'll, I'll kind of throw a pop quiz on them. You know, we'll, we'll be singing a, a song before bed or something, a, you know, a church song, of course. And uh, I'll, I'll throw a pop quiz on them. I'll say, hey, so what did that, what did that mean? You know, and, and a lot of times they'll get it right. I'm, you know, oftentimes amazed that they can really understand the truths of some of the songs. And, you know, like an example is, you know, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And so, you know, I one time remember Isaiah was, I think, four or five, and I threw the pop quiz on him. Hey, hey what, is that, what does that mean? And he understood Jesus loves the little children. Dad, Jesus loves everybody all over the world. No matter, you know, what they look like, he, he loves them all. But then he needed some help with the whole red and yellow, black and white. He said, I've never met anybody who's red or yellow or black or or white dad, and so at four years old, I explained it to him, I remember, and then I remember when he turned five, and he enters into to, to school, he had this really cool, diverse uh, group of students in his class, and we were just really excited about, and he was determined to get it right, that nobody's red, or yellow, or black, or white, he says, I'm, I'm tan, and Linton, my friend, who is from Jamaica, he's brown, and then my, my friend uh, Christian, who's from the Dominican, he's dark tan, and he just kind of classified. He says, I don't have any red or yellow or black or white people in my, in my class. Do we know what we're singing? You know what I mean? Like, do we really think through the, the lyrics that, that we sing? And so when we sing this popular song right now, Bless the Lord, O My Soul, a song that has been popular, not in this current arrangement, but has been popular for, for ages among believers, do we really know what we're singing? And in this psalm, Psalm 103, there's unbelievable amounts of just rich content. Uh, Verses 3 through 19 especially are very, very heavy and just dense with just gospel, good news of Jesus content. And we could spend, uh, gosh, months on just that content alone as a series in and of itself. And so consider that your homework. But what I want to do tonight is I want to focus on the bookends of this psalm, verses 1 and 2 and then 22, bless the Lord, O my soul. And uh, it's, it's a phrase that is given twice at the beginning and then once at the end. And so what does it mean when we say, bless the Lord, O my soul? Well, standalone, bless the Lord means to, to speak well of his greatness, to, to bless the Lord, to, to speak well of, of how good and awesome and amazing he has been in our lives, and he is in his character. And so I, maybe just start by a little bit of application uh, to ask your, your own self, what does your own personal blessing of the Lord look like? Are you, are you giving the Lord credit throughout the course of, of your day today? How often are you praising God for things that, that take place in, in your life? Bless the Lord. How often do you bless the Lord? And that could be interchangeable with praise the Lord. In fact, some translations of Scripture uh, do put praise the Lord in place of bless the Lord. Those are two different words in the original language, so I'd rather keep bless the Lord here, Barak, and, and praise the Lord elsewhere uh, the way this translation of Scripture does. But they can be uh, interchangeable. In fact, Psalm 34 verse 1 puts these two uh, words together, and it says this. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. And so we see bless the Lord and we see 
his praise uh, together, that they, they really are interchangeable. And as Christians, we should be a people who are just full of praise of the Lord, that we're just constantly, throughout the course of our day, finding things that we can praise God for. And, and to, to bless the Lord doesn't mean just kind of praise it in your heart, but actually praise him vocally. Praise the, the Lord. You have no idea how valuable it is when you praise the Lord to another believer or you praise the Lord to even a non-believer. When you praise the Lord to a, a, a believer, a follower of Jesus, that stimulates them to say, you're right, he is worthy of praise. And why aren't I praising him in this moment as well? And so it stirs them, Hebrews 10, as we've been talking about. And then for a non-believer, it draws their attention to the Lord to think upon, okay, this person is giving God credit for this. What do I give credit uh, for this? Is it science? Is it is it?" Coincidence? What is it? And, and so we should be praising the Lord uh, often throughout the course of our day. And so we want to be a people who, uh, one of our values as a church is that we want to be a people who the name of Jesus is on our lips often, that we're talking about Jesus more than we're talking about this crazy Red Sox trade that happened this weekend, that we're talking about Jesus more than, than the Patriots or the weather or our, we're talking about Jesus often. And, and so Jesus-saturated conversation really should be a mark of us. It really should be a mark of who we are, that we want to talk about him and praise him and honor him and bless him throughout the course of our, of our day. Now, however, this psalm isn't just saying, I praise God, I, I bless God. Notice that he's not just praising God, but what he's doing is he's speaking to his own soul. He's, he's talking to his own soul. We've talked about throughout the course of this psalm, how uh, throughout the course of this summer, actually, that, that the, the psalmists oftentimes speak to their soul as if to say, sit down, soul. Let me tell you what you need to be thinking, what you need to be focusing on. Sit down, soul. Let's have a little talk. And so he's speaking to his own soul here. And, and uh, you can think back to Psalm 42, verse 5. We talked about uh, the, the split soul. He says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. He's asking a question of his soul. Why are you at turmoil within me? And we call that the split soul syndrome, where, where you kind of have a, a soul or a spirit where half of it is, is trusting in the Lord, and the other half is, is kind of wrestling, struggling with God's existence, God's goodness. And, and I don't know, have, have you ever felt like that? Can we be honest? Anybody? If not, you're probably lying, right? We, we felt like that before. That split soul syndrome, I trust him, I know he's there, but is he there? And, and we looked at that where he speaks to his soul in, in Psalm 42, verse 5, this, this wrestling in our own soul. And, and what we're looking at here in, in Psalm 103 is far more dangerous than a, a split soul. What David is, is speaking about here is not when there's a split within your soul, but when there's a split between your soul and what's coming out of your lips. And that's a, that's, a, that's a very dangerous place to be. And David is speaking to his soul, and he's saying, Soul, bless the Lord. May it never be that my lips are praising him, but my soul is doing something entirely different. Have you ever been there where your, your lips are, are praising him, but your spirit is doing something different? If you've Grown up in the church, there's chances are that you've probably uh, been there. David is saying, never may I bless the Lord with my lips, but not with my spirit. He says, instead, bless the Lord, soul, all that's within me. Bless the Lord. So here's, here's the danger. 
is that many of us can become, as we hang around Christians and as we uh, you know, kind of enter into this weird Christian subculture that we have in America, what can happen is we can just be, become so, so comfortable that Jesus just kind of becomes this thing that we do rather than our, our Lord and our friend and our Savior. And, and so he's just kind of this thing. We just do Jesus, just kind of how we do life. This is kind of our vein of how we, we do it. And so our worship is not really an overflow of, of our heart and a genuine worship of him, but instead it's just kind of, eh, this is how I do life. And it's especially dangerous for a guy like David who's in a place of leadership and even a guy like myself because we're in front of people a lot. And so we have to be very careful because I do a lot of talking like this. I have to be very careful that if my lips are praising the Lord and declaring his goodness and his greatness, that my soul better be doing that as well, that I'm not a hypocrite, right? That's why the scriptures will tell us that, that we're, we're held to a higher standard, that we have to be very, very uh, cautious of, of the state of our heart. What is, what is Jesus adamant about? If you, you look through the, the, the Gospels, one thing that he is just so adamant about, in Matthew chapter 15, uh, verse 8, you see it really poignantly. Uh, remember, he's talking to the Pharisees and the scribes, and what does he say to them? He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are, are far from me. And he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. And so this is given at least twice in, in Scripture. And so there's, there's real emphasis adding uh, there by, by Jesus and by Isaiah. There's, there's real emphasis. And so we need to be very, very careful that, that what comes out of our mouth is really uh, reflecting what's going on in, in our heart. That we don't have a split between our mouths and what we say, what's going on in our head and what's going on in, in our heart. And so maybe I can just give you a little bit of a compare in contrast, if I can, I have this guy that uh, I've kind of crossed paths with from time to time, and he's what I would call just, you know, he's a church guy, just very much uh, a church guy. He's kind of been around the church block, if you know what I'm saying. He's just kind of been to every church, seemed like ever possibly could have gone. He's just kind of been all over the place. And this guy literally says, praise the Lord in place of the word um. And no lie, whenever you would say um or uh, he says, praise the Lord. He'll, he'll just be talking with you and, you know, maybe he loses his train of thought and he'll just go, praise the Lord. Or, or we'll be talking and have this awkward moment in the conversation. Praise the Lord. You know, it just, it's just a strange thing that, that he does. And so it, it's just, I don't know, it's very, very unique. And I can't fully judge somebody's heart. But, but you know, I just kind of have this, this weird feeling about it that, that it's just, I don't know, a bit insincere. Just praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And it's easy for, you know, for us to, to laugh at that. But if you kind of really think about your own life, I think we've all kind of done this at some point in our, our Christian walk. We just kind of say things that church people say, or do things that, that church people do that don't really reflect what's actually going on in our heart, but we just kind of do it because... I think that's probably what I'm supposed to do. And so it's real easy for us just to kind of immerse ourselves in a church culture and in a church language and do church things, but it's not actually going on in, in your soul, as David says here. It's not actually all that is w- within you, but it's more just cultural. It's more comfortable. It's just kind of just the Christian thing to do, that we're doing the Jesus thing rather than actually overflowing with our deep, sincere love for Jesus. On the flip side, 
to do a compare and contrast. I remember uh, just a few years back, we were, uh, my wife and I were kind of going through this little crazy journey uh, that we call the Boston Public School Lottery System. And so we were going through this journey, and it was just kind of a, a fearful thing for us. We, we did a lot of prayer about it uh, to get our, our little man Isaiah into a Boston public school, and really the right one. And the way they do it is this is weird lottery, and I think you put your top 10, and you'll you know, maybe get you know, one of those, but the problem is only two of those you actually want to send your kid to. And so it's just kind of a, a weird and scary place, and that's why so many people just move out of the city when they have kids older than than preschool. And so we've been praying like crazy. My wife especially just been really just out praying like crazy for this, asking people uh, to pray. And uh, you know, maybe a year prior to when it all was about to go down, we were going to find out the school that he got into after we made our list and submitted it. About a year prior to that, uh, my wife had gone on to uh, this, this popular Urban Moms website called JP Moms. And she went on there and she posted something about a church event or something was happening. And so through that, uh, the Boston Globe contacted her, and uh, they're kind of synced up with the part of Boston.com. And so they asked if they could do this, this ongoing feature on our family and our journey through the Boston public school lottery system, which is just a very scary thing. And if you go hang out on any playground in the Boston area, you will, that will be within five minutes what moms are talking about. They just talk about that all the time. And so it was kind of a neat opportunity for us to kind of share what we're going through and, and for people to hear it and resonate a little bit with us. And uh, they featured a few other families. And I remember the, the day that we were expecting the letter uh, to arrive in the mail. And the only reason we knew is because we had the inside track because of the Boston Globe and been talking to the school system. And they wanted to be waiting at our house with a camera and a reporter for when my wife opened up this letter. So she'd either be sobbing on camera or she'd be praising the Lord on camera. And... Um, they did, uh, you know, they did all these uh, videos of these different other families that they had featured, and then they come to us, and um, she opens the letter, and God was good. God's good even if we didn't get the school, but God was gracious, I should say, and gave us uh, an awesome school. We were just so unbelievably pleased. They have the camera on her, and I wasn't even there, but I listened to it, and it's uh, just really, really cool, and she said something like, because they, what they said to her is they said, wow, this is great. Uh, you know, we've been to all these other houses already, and we've seen all these different moms open up their letters, and nobody was pleased except for you with the, the, the choice you got, and she said, well, it was the Lord, of course, you know, and she said, we've been praying. We've had a lot of people praying, and, and it's, we praise the Lord. He's just been, been good. It, you know, it wasn't this Oh, you know, the big man upstairs, he's, yeah, he, he must have been smiling on us. It wasn't, you know, oh, that's, that's really cool. Or it wasn't this, you know, in their, their prayer time or Bible study, you know, that, that everybody else was talking about praying for sick people. So she's like, man, this is really kind of a drag. Let me say something happy, and I'll just say, hey, good news. We got... No, it was this spontaneous overflow. Of course I'm going to praise the Lord. This is something I've been praying for, something that's been this burden of my heart. And, and I, I want to praise the Lord, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, it's within my soul. It's what's within me. And, and it, it's just, it's just a, a amazing, right? And, and, and I, I don't know, I, wanna, I want that to be us throughout the course of our, our day-to-day that we just overflow with. Praise the Lord. Of course, that's God's doing. That's God's doing. That's God's doing. I woke up this morning. I'm breathing. That's God's doing. I've told you guys several times I have this alarm on my, my phone when it, when it rings in the morning to let me know it's time to wake up. It just says, gospel, like good news of Jesus. I'm alive today, breathing 
because of the grace of, of the Lord, of course I have something to praise God for. Even if I went to bed stressed out about something, I'm alive and he's given me grace today. And so when you're struggling to, to find deep places of, of, man, I can praise the Lord, and I, I, where are those deep recesses of just praise that I can overflow with? What, what do we do? Where do we, where do we find those places when it just doesn't feel like it's there? What, what do we do? And what we do is we don't fake it. What we do is we find it. When we don't have that just natural, of course, I'm going to overflow right now with praise of the Lord. We don't fake it. We have to, we have to, to find it. And we have so many, so many things to, to praise the Lord for. We just have to, to find them if it's not so evident right now. I understand that there are going to be seasons of your life where you are just overflowing. You're telling everybody, here's what God's done. Like my wife and I, that, that season of our life, we're telling everybody, you've been praying, look what God has done. We've been telling parents that, wow, wow, that's so cool. How did you guys get into that school? Parents at the preschool? God's good, you know, just overflowing. Some of you have been in seasons like that, and, and when you're there, don't not share that because the person beside you is really struggling right now and I don't want to discourage them. No, share that because maybe that's exactly what they need to see. yeah, God is good. And I've had those seasons, I, not right now. And so don't ever hesitate to share those when you're overflowing. But when you're not just naturally overflowing with those, those praises of the Lord and it's challenging to find, what you do is you don't just fake it and praise the Lord, praise the Lord, all is well, great. And you're lying. But you go find it. Where, where are those, those things? And what can you think on that you can praise the, the Lord for? Understand that, that we have all been created to, to worship the Lord. Is that, that song Jeremy led us in at the very beginning? We're, we were made to worship. It's so true. We were created to worship the Lord. And we will never, never be fully satisfied. And, and there are non-Christians who are think they're satisfied, but they haven't touched it when they, when they really experience this relationship with the Lord where you are pouring out your heart to Him. You will never be fully satisfied until you are, are worshiping the Lord. Because think about it. When you get your eyes fixed on He who is perfect, holy, abundantly loving and gracious and good and awesome in the proper sense of the word, when you get your eyes on that, that's why, you know, C.S. Lewis said, before he was a Christian, he said, when I hear the Psalms and I hear about this God, I just hear, if the scriptures are, are inspired by God, breathed out by God, he's just like this nagging old woman who's just constantly saying, praise me, praise me, praise me, praise me. But then when he came a Christian and he started following the Lord, he looks back and he says, now what I've learned is that it is the best thing for him to say, I know how great I am, that I am God. Praise me, because when you're looking at me, when you're praising me, you will be so full of joy and hope and peace. So that's our Lord, and that's why we're made to to worship him, to know him, to love him, and to be in a beautiful relationship with him. Even if it's hard, we need to find that place of of praise, of of blessing the Lord, oh my, my soul. And I want you to take note, if you look back to the previous psalm, Take note, it's coming, this is coming right out of Psalm 102. And a lot of um, 
lot of uh, scholars think that these are, are related. And coming off of Psalm 102, if you just want to just survey some of these verses, it's unbelievable. This is a, a psalmist who is talking about being afflicted. Verse 2, do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. You ever felt like God's not even looking at you? Like, God, I'm not even on his screen. Where are you, Lord? I can't sense you right now. Verse 3, my days pass away like smoke. Like, it's just fading, fading. Maybe that'll be us when we're older and our health is, is going. Verse 4, my, my heart is struck down like grass. Just, just feel cut down. Verse 5, my loud growing, groaning, just groaning out loud. Verse 9, I, I mingle tears with my drink, just sobbing that it's just uncontrolled. In, in my, I mean, just on and on and on if you survey this psalm. Anyone? You ever been there? What we do in those times, and 103 is coming right off of that, is we don't just fake it, but we, we find it. We find it. What, what do we have to praise the Lord? Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And hear this. Look at it. Verse 2. And forget not all his benefits. He's telling his soul, listen, bless the Lord, soul. I don't want to just praise you in my lips and write a song, but I want it to actually come from the deep recesses of my heart, from my soul, all that's within me. He says, listen, let's not forget all of his benefits. And so what he does in verses 3 through 19 is he just begins to list benefits of the Lord. And your list would include all of these things and probably many more. And I think it's important that we do this throughout the course of our lives and just think upon the things that are lovely and pure and trustworthy and true. Think upon these things about the Lord and about what he's done in, in our life. We find those things. We find them and we worship God because of them. He finds it and he, he blesses God. And so what I want to do, just kind of as we round third bases, I just want to read them. If I can just read 3 through, through 19, and then I'll close it out. But let's just read these together and, and resonate with David here in, in Psalm 103. Forget not all of his benefits, which include, verse 3, forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sin nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, 
He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, and to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. And so you notice here that he's, he's thinking on the past. He's thinking on current truths in the present. And he's thinking on, on the future. He's thinking on the character of God. He's thinking on the works of God. He's, he's finding it, isn't he? If, if Psalm 102 is true in his life, he has found things unrelated to his own personal health, his own personal situation at this moment. He's saying, God is still good. God is still on his throne, and there are things to praise him for. I will bless the Lord, O my soul. I will not forget all of these benefits. I will bless him. Then verse 20, says, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's talking about those in heaven, the angels, the heavenly hosts who do his will. He's saying, even you guys, you better be praising the Lord up there. You better be worshiping the Lord. Verse 22, bless the Lord all his works in the places of all his dominion where God is is sovereign over all these things, the entire world, the entire universe. May all these things bless the Lord. Even the rocks will cry out, Scripture says. And then back to his soul, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to close and I want to sing that song. I want it to be for us a, a time of praising the Lord and blessing the Lord. I also want it to be for us a time of preaching to our own soul, preaching these truths to ourselves that we have much to praise the Lord for. We have so much to, to, to praise the Lord for. And then what I want to do is is next week what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to come prepared as we close out our summer in the Psalms and we're going to look at Psalm 150. We started the summer with Psalm 1. I want to end with Psalm 150. And in Psalm 150 it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And we're included in that everything. And so what I want to ask you to do as a way of homework is throughout the course of this week is don't fake it, but find it. Find things that you can praise the Lord for and come prepared to, to praise God with your mouth, right? Bless the Lord with your mouth. Vocally praise the Lord. Come prepared to, to sing and worship, but also we're going to put a mic up here and let you come up uh, if you would be so bold and to, to praise the Lord and maybe it'll encourage somebody's heart and will certainly um, be an act of worship uh, to the Lord. And so that's what we're going to do next week is we're going we're gonna to worship Him. And so let me say a word of prayer. And we're going to go out uh, singing this song and, and really blessing the Lord. Uh, together. So can I pray for us? Father, I pray that this would be true of us. That our lips would match our, our soul, our spirit. That all that with, is within us would, would really praise you, Father. God, I pray that as Jesus said, that we would, would love the Lord with all of our heart and our soul and our mind strength, all the way back from Deuteronomy, Lord, that we would, we would do that, that that would be true, that we would not be hypocrites. Lord, 
Kill hypocrisy among us. Kill complacency among us. Kill cultural Christianity among us. May we really be a deeply knit community of believers who love each other and love you with every aspect, every ounce of who we are, all that is within us. And that we would be constantly sharing your praises, whether in song, or whether in, in, in word, in conversation, in our thought life, in our conversations with each other and with those in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in our circles of influence. God, may truly all that is within us praise the Lord and that our heart would match our, our lips. And so God, as we sing this song now, would you be honored, would you be worshiped? Commit this time to you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand and worship?